on, we can do better than that. Let's thank God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Wasn't that awesome today? Please be seated. It's great to see you today. Really good to see you in the house today. Just want to make one announcement before we get into the Word of God. Let's just thank our worship team today again. Also, everyone, all those that have come early doing the media and the welcome in the kids' church, we thank you so much and everyone involved in setting up to make this uh, time together work. We do appreciate you. Thank you for all that you're doing. Just want to say, if you've got a phone or a notepad, just take it out for me because I'm going to make this announcement and then nobody's going to have any excuse. Okay, tell me when you've got your phones out. Show me. Come on, show me your phone. Online, come on. Get your phone out. Okay, so in the new year, from Sunday the 8th, Sunday the 8th, January, Sunday the 8th, our morning services will start at 10.30. Okay? Now, let me tell you why that. Because we need to be wrapped up by 1 o'clock from the stage and 1.30 from the cafe. So we wanted to make sure that we've got a little bit more time in the service that we want to pray for people. And so the only way we can do that is that by just putting our service half an hour earlier. So 10.30, everybody text, everybody wrote that down in the diary, 8th of January, Sunday, 10.30. Please text somebody right now, I'll give you permission to Facebook, WhatsApp, do whatever it is, do whatever you use, just, just put it out there. Sunday, Savoy Sundays, 8th of January, start 10.30 a.m. Everybody says amen. Okay, so when we start in January and somebody comes in and says, oh, I didn't know the time, you know what you're going to tell them, aren't you? We, we all was clear and we're going to get some more emails. So praise God, that's out of the way. Okay, so let's just go through our theme. This week and last, next week we'll be wrapping up Jehovah Jireh, the theme. It's been awesome. The speakers, Linda, Pastor Linda and, and Lee and... And Kojo last week, and I know that it wasn't Kojo, a good singer. And I promised his daughter, if she comes this week, I'll sing. And after listening to my voice, uh, Linda said it might not be a good idea. So I'm not going to sing because it's not my gift. Um, so um, apologies if you come for the singing. But I thought it was really good uh, last week too. So let's just go over a few things. I want to deposit with you what I feel the Lord has put in my heart uh, to talk to the church about, talk to us as a body about. So over the last few weeks, we've been taught um, about God as our ultimate provider. He's committed to his people to provide all our needs and it's based on who God is and based on his promises given in the word of God. And what we've learned over the past few weeks is that the promises of God are attached to a condition. That condition requires obedience from our lives to see the promises of God manifest in our lives. Now the condition is not there so we can earn our salvation. The condition is there because God, if he wanted to, could just grant his promises over our lives without any condition. But the reason why God has, has put in his system that we have to respond by faith to his promises to receive them 
is about relationship. A relationship of learning to trust this God that we've given our lives to. So some of you may have given your life to Jesus recently or for a long time, but our journey with God is about trusting Him. And every promise that you've received in your life, you've got to take a step of faith to receive them. Even when you give your life to Jesus, it says if you will confess your sin, He is faithful and just. If you will believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. So there was a, a response that was needed for the provision that God made for our salvation. And it was a trust response in what God has spoken into our lives in order to build a relationship with Him. And so every aspect of our walk with God is about learning to know more about God, who He is, and, and what He has done for our lives. And one of those ways is that we need to trust Him. And so as Linda was speaking about in the area of finances, you never know what God's character and commitment to us is like unless you walk into response to what He promises from the Word of God. When you do that and you see God provide for you in miraculous ways, you begin to grow deeper in your trust with Him in the area of finances and our well-being. And you get to know more about God, that He is faithful to His Word. And so we know that God provides then through His promises, through the Word of God. Isaiah says that, so is my Word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Every word that God has spoken in the Word of God, every promise in the Bible has come to pass and will come to pass because God is faithful to His Word. He's a God that cannot lie. And I want to encourage you that when you discover the promises of God in the Word of God, the provision is actually in your response by faith in a God who is faithful to our lives. And so the first way that God provides for us is through His promises. The second way is through the presence of God, which is the Holy Spirit. Again, the Holy Spirit of God is a promise from God that is given to those that give their life to Jesus Christ to help them to come alive to God and to live this life to follow God. He is a provision to us on earth so we can live out this life to be effective for Jesus. In fact, Jesus said in John 14, and I will ask the Father and He will give you another advocate to help you and He will be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. So here we see the Trinity uh, working together, the Father, the Son asking, and the Holy Spirit is given to us. When Jesus returns to the Father, He tags the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is given so we will not be left alone. Even though He's invisible, we know that the God is here by His Spirit. He says, but, he says the world that does, the world cannot accept Him because they do not know Him. But you know Him, for He lives in you. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is not a force and He's not an it. He is the third person of the Trinity and He's here right now and He's never going to leave us till we get to Jesus. Come on, say Amen. He is our provision on this side of eternity, which Jesus has assigned to us so we cannot fail to get to where we need in the future. 
He said, I will not leave you as orphans and I will come to you by my Holy Spirit. Acts 2, watch how this happens. They said to Peter after he preached on the day of Pentecost, how do we receive this Jesus into our lives? He said, repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all who the Lord our God will call. So the second aspect of God's provision is the Holy Spirit. We are not here to do the work on our own. We cannot live the life that God requires without the Holy Spirit doing the work in our hearts so we can become more like Christ. Also, the Holy Spirit is, a, is a, a enabling us to live out this godly life. Peter tells us that his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who calls us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great, precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So when we struggle with our old nature, the things that we don't want to do, the Holy Spirit is our provision that we can tap into His nature so we can live a life which is pleasing to God. You cannot live this Christian life in your own ability. So God's provided us His Holy Spirit who lives in us so we can live in us to live out this life that Jesus requires called sanctification. That we are changed and transformed to be more like Jesus and it doesn't happen instantly. So for some of you that's disappointed sometimes with your life, don't give up on yourself because the Holy Spirit who lives in you will help you to be more like Jesus and he'll help you to do the things that you cannot do in your own strength. He's God's provision. And so not only that, he's also there to commit to us until Jesus returns. 2 Corinthians tells us, now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit where? in our hearts as a guarantee for what is to come. So the provision to get through this life and to navigate, to live out the kind of lives that God requires through His Word, He hasn't left us alone. He's given us His promises and He's given us the promised Holy Spirit. And so that is God's provision into our lives. But there is a third way where God is, is in His wisdom has given another provision. So there is the promise of God, there is the presence of God, and thirdly, is the people of God. I'm blown away that God would use His people to be provisioned to the world and to the church. But I wanna say to you that I believe this third way is one of the, the, the major ways that God provides to the body of Christ and also to the world. He has chosen His church, His people to be provision to a world that doesn't know God. He has chosen His church to be ministers to the body of Christ and then onto the world. I find that 
mind-blowing that God would be providing for us through one another so we can make it and glorify God. Some of you have heard this illustration before, but there was a man who lived in a two-storey house and the house was near a river and unfortunately the river began to flood. And as the river rose, warnings were given by radio, TV and social media and a large jeep drove by through the area to evacuate people. And as the jeep drove by this man's house, he was told, you're in danger. Your life is at stake. You must evacuate. Get into the jeep. Let us help you evacuate this dangerous situation. And this man, who was a follower of Jesus, says, no. He said, I'm okay. He said, I have faith in God and I will be okay. And so the flood won't get me. God will take care of me. And so the water continued to rise. And soon the man was on the second floor of his house. And then a boat was going through the area and arrived at this man's doorstep. And the rescuers made every effort to convince the man to take action to get into the boat. He says, you are in danger. Your life is at stake and you will drown with the flood. He says, no worries, he said. I have faith in God and everything will be okay and the flood won't bother me. And so the boat continued to go on, but the flood got even worse and the man ended up on the roof of his house. And the flood continued to rise and the men went to the roof, as I just said, and a helicopter pilot, he came by, saw the man, hovered over the top, let down the rope, got his megaphone out and said, come on, get hold of this rope. You're in danger. The flood is going to kill you. Get onto the ladder. And this man, he said to the helicopter pilot, it's okay. I'm a Christian and God will save me. I don't need your help. And so the helicopter continued to go and the man unfortunately died. And there he stood before God and he said to God, God, I can't believe it. I trusted in your promises. I believe that you provide for me and here I am dead. And God said to him, what more could I have done? I sent you a jeep, I sent you a boat and I sent you a helicopter and you refused all three. And see the problem with the church is we're waiting on God to do something that other people have already come into our life for to help us and we just think, well, God's not in that. Well, let me help you. When you are struggling with your health, and you phone 999, God is going to send you an ambulance. And at the other end of that ambulance is some amazing people who have studied so they can help you when you get into the emergency area. And sometimes we're so spiritual that we can't see God's provision in right in front of us and we begin to make all sorts of spiritual excuses of why we shouldn't engage in God's provision in our lives. And I want to say over the last three years, we've seen even that in the pandemic where God has sent provision to people's lives and we've said, it's okay, God will take care of me. And unfortunately, we've not made it through. I want to say to you that God uses people there is no contradiction through God's healing power and the medical profession. God has created human beings with a heart who has a desire to help people get better. It's God's provision in our lives. 
Thank God for the police. Thank God for the fire brigade. Thank God for the first responders who have woken up in this world and had a desire to help people in a particular area because God has placed in them a need to help people. And so we've got to get a reality in our lives that some of us in our lives, that God sends people to you to help you. And sometimes we're so spiritual that we just wait God to turn up or send an angel. But I want to encourage you today. Come on, if you want to clap, you can do that. God has sent people to us. And we heard last week from Pastor Lee or two weeks ago about the wonderful provision of salvation that Christ did for us on the cross. And here's the thing. When God wanted to provide salvation for us, He sent a human being. Fully God, fully man. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was God and the Word was with God and He became flesh and He dwelt amongst us for a while. It took a human to bring the provision of salvation to our lives. And so I wanna say to you today that God is an awesome God. And what I wanna encourage you today is, and which is really heavy on my heart, this morning I was up early, changed my message to understand what God wanted to deposit in this church and in some of your lives today that's gonna transform it from this moment into the future. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. Let me tell you about your purpose. Your purpose is that you will be a witness. Jesus saved you on purpose, for a purpose. And your purpose is that you will be a witness to the ends of the earth in Jerusalem, in Judah, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. God in His wisdom has given us a message to be a provision for the world, for their salvation. God is not going to do it. He has done it on the cross, but He's given us responsibility as a message to be a messenger with a hope of salvation. The first thing that I want to tell you today is, what I want to deposit in your life is that your purpose, my purpose, this church purpose is to be messengers of the best message that we've ever heard in our life. The message that we heard about Jesus Christ who died a death on the cross for all have sinned so he could, we could be forgiven and have a relationship with Him and have a promise of eternal life. That's what we exist for. All the other stuff is great. Having a living, having a family, all that is awesome. God has given us that for enjoyment. Earning money, having good cars, homes, whatever it is, all that's awesome. But our ultimate pur purpose is to get a message to a world that does not know Jesus. That's your ultimate message. That's what we'll be judged for, nothing else. And so I wanna say to whoever God has placed you, whether you're a lawyer, a doctor, a mechanic, a nurse, God has given you a responsibility to carry a message to a people that doesn't know Him. I wanna encourage you as a church today that God wants to empower you and has empowered you so we can be witnesses of this amazing provision that God has given to us through His Son. 2 Corinthians tells us in 5, 17, 20, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. Old has gone, new has come as this is from God 
who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us, listen, gave us, who's us? Those that know Jesus, not the pastor, not his team, but gave us, all of us. What did he give us? He, he, he gave us prosperity. He gave us eternal. What did he give us? He gave us a responsibility. And this morning I woke up with it impacted on my heart that, the, that why I'm still alive today, why you're still alive today is because we still have a responsibility. It's not about, of course it's worshipping God, but as we come out of that, we have been given a responsibility by God. He's given us something to provide people that doesn't know Him with. What is that responsibility? He has given us the ministry of reconciliation. If you want to know what your ministry is, it's a ministry of reconciliation. So whether you're a worship leader, a door, a door steward, a sound person, a kids' church worker, a youth worker, a cleaner-upper, moving the stuff out, all of ours together is helping to deliver the message of reconciliation. And so we have to understand the responsibility that God has placed in our lives that God was not reconciling the world to Himself, not counting people's sins against them. Listen to me. He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Would you commit the greatest message in the world to people like you and me? I'm astounded that God would look at my life and your life and say, I'm going to commit to you the most important message that has ever been written and done and said. And I'm going to give it to you to steward and to pass on to those that don't know me. I is committed to us the message. He says, therefore, we are Christ's ambassadors. As though God, as though God was making his appeal through us. Oh my God. That God was making his appeal through you, through me, every one of you that is born again, every one of you that says, I'm a follower of Jesus. He's committed to you. He's put in your life a responsibility, a message of reconciliation. He's commissioned you as an ambassador that you would be therefore representing Him as though God was appealing through you and me and this church. That is our mandate. That's why we live and breathe. That's what we do this for. We don't do this to give you goosebumps. We don't give you this to make you feel happy. We do this to strengthen you so you can leave this place and be an ambassador for Jesus with the greatest message that this world needs right now. I want to tell you that if you can't see the signs of the times right now, that Jesus is coming back and we're going to stand before God to give an account under a people that's going to a lost eternity. And we have a message of hope and salvation and reconciliation and we cannot keep it to ourselves. It's got to get out there. It's got to touch society. And wherever you go Monday, you carry a message, whatever workplace that you don't like, whatever it is that God has sent you to your mission place, 
You have a message of reconciliation and you can do that through kindness, through love, through prayer. You don't have to be the best preacher in the world. You don't need to know all the story. All you've got to do is represent God as best as you can with the hope that you have in your life. God's provision has been made through Jesus Christ, but He's handed the responsibility over to us. And that's what rattled me this morning. I'm thinking, oh my God, that's what you've placed into our hands. And when I stand before you, I'm going to give an account of what I've done with your message and what part you've made me play in the body of Christ. And so I want to encourage you today that God has saw you fit to call you and to want to use you and to announce to the world that you and me are His ambassadors for this amazing provision of salvation. See, Matthew 24 says, you will hear of wars and rumours of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Let's continue to read Matthew 24. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. You see how important it is that we have a message and if we don't get that out there, people are going to be lost to a lost eternity. And that's not to put a guilt trip, that's just what's going to happen. And we must take responsibility as this little church here in Northampton, the Elam Church. I can't speak for anybody else and any other church, but I can speak on behalf of us that God's placed the grace in us and whatever we can do to get this message out, whatever we can do, we must come together. We must pull our resources. We must do all we can with our lives and say, Lord, we're here for you and we're gonna get this message out because time is short and you are gonna come back and we are gonna stand before your throne. And so this is what happens. Please let me share with you the Word of God, Matthew 13. And this is how it will be in the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into a blazing furnace where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. God does not send anybody to a lost eternity, but people choose to go there. And as long as we have a message of hope, we cannot give up on anybody that is out there that doesn't know about Jesus. Revelation 20 says, And I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it, which is Jesus. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. Let me tell you, this is what's going to happen. This is the truth. This is God's Word. And when it's all over, this is what's going to take place. He said, I saw the dead, the great and small, stand before the throne and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it and the dead and Hades, death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades 
were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Now listen to verse 15, please. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Anyone whose name was not written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. And God has put into our, ha our hands a message that will get people's names in this book that's not there today. And as long as we exist as a church, there is names that need to be in a book because there's still room in God's house and we can't live for ourselves any longer. We have to live to get people's names in this book. If we only, listen, in 12 months time, we want people to tell them that they, never, they didn't know Jesus, but now we do. And their name is in this book and is sealed for that day. I want to tell you right now, you know, right now in your life, in your family, in your friends and in your workplace, that you know people in your life that you know their names are not in there. And we've got to do everything we can to get their names in this book. We cannot be lukewarm. We cannot be backslidden. We cannot just stay at home and sulk about what the church didn't do for them. We've got to get our hearts back on fire for God. And we've got to get this message and we've got to be really serious about the gospel. And then one day when I stand before someone, they say, thank God that you turned up at the Savoy at eight o'clock. Thank God at that moment, that day, if you wouldn't have been there, my name would not have been in this book. I want to tell you everything that you do as a volunteer is contributing to a life that's going to be saved from the death of hell. And that's what our commission is by Jesus. It's too big of a responsibility to put our heads under the covers. It's too big of a responsibility to say, oh God, you do it. No, he said, you will do it. You will receive power and you will be my witnesses. And I've called you to be ambassadors. And that's what shook me this morning. At five o'clock in the morning, I woke up with this saying, God, what are you saying? And he said, the message has got to be delivered to a world. He said, you are my royal mail. You are my royal mail. And we know the Royal Mail goes on strike. And we know as Christians, we can go on strike for all sorts of stuff. And I plead with you, if you're not on fire for God, if you're not in a position to say, I'm going to go all in with the rest of my life, whatever that is, if I'm just going to be a doorkeeper in the house of the, of the Lord till He comes back, I'm going to be the best doorkeeper and I'm going to be a part of the body in helping people to get their names in here. If we can do that as a church, the Holy Spirit will use us so much because we exist, church, not so we can just pat each other on the back and say, oh, God bless you. We exist to love God and we exist to see people come to know Him. And that's why we're still here. Because if that was the case, why didn't God just save us and take us to heaven? Because He's committed to us the message of reconciliation. And I know for certain 
that my heart begins to think about the people I know for certain is not in here, not in the book of life. And I'm not going to give up on them. And I'm going to pray for them because that's what we have to do. You see, the thing is, church, we have an enemy, Satan. And he knows that the only way that this message can't get out if he can actually immobilise the messenger. And some of us have been deceived. And the, and the Bible tells us that when Satan comes, he steals the seed, the Word of God, the hope of God in our hearts. It comes through different things, disappointment, persecution, hardship. It, it comes through worldliness. It comes through temptation of seeking after other things rather than God. All sorts of things, deception and the loss of heart. And all those things come to us as following Jesus. We all get disappointed. We all at times want to probably give up. But I, I want to say to you, the devil wants you to give up. Because if you give up, then you do, are not able then to deliver a message because you're the messenger. And the, and the devil right now is wanting to discourage the church because if he can stop the messenger, he stops the message. And we're not going to stop. We're going to resist the devil and we're going to pick up our God-given authority and we're going to take our message and whatever God has given us, our abilities, whatever it is, our availabilities, and we're going to say together, we can get the greatest message to people who don't know Jesus. And we're going to do it in word and we're going to do it in deed. And we're going to be more like Jesus. Because let me just say to you that Jesus said, when you, they see me, they see the Father. Here's the thing. When people see you, they see Jesus. And sometimes it's not the message that puts people off. It's the messenger. And so we've got to get more Jesus in us. Because, listen, when they don't like you and me, they don't like him. But when they like you, they've got more chance of liking him. So we've got to be salt and light. We just not carry the word. We become the word. We are the message. And we've got to begin to live a right life, a holy life. That's not a religious life. That's a life that's different. That says there's something about you that I haven't got with the rest of my colleagues. I see that you're honest. I see that you care for me. I see that you're there if I need some help. That's what it's like to be a Jesus follower. I see that you listen to me when I'm in trouble. I see you don't judge me when I do things that I know that I shouldn't be doing. And that's the kind of people that people need in this world that will care, but also will carry a message of hope that Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, came to earth as a human being, became flesh and was willing to go to a cross and die and His blood was shed so that we could be forgiven of all our sin, that we could have a brand new relationship with God and then brought into His family, seated with Him in heavenly places and then while we've still got breath in our body, given a ministry of reconciliation. I don't care what background you're from. I don't care what education you've got. I don't care what your bank balance is like. God saw you fit to call you an ambassador for Him. 
And so that's why we've got to tighten up our belts. That's why we've got to be the best representatives that we can be for Jesus. And any opportunity whatsoever, that we need to be kind, that we need to love people. And we need to say, we know this world is dark, but we have a hope and His name is Jesus. And we can tell on the story that when we met Him, we've all got different stories and every single story is a valid story of what God has done for you. And we cannot keep this to ourselves. And so some of you in this room today as I come to close, and I'll finish the message off next week, because next week I'm going to talk about four ways where we can help each other get this message out, fulfill the will of God. But maybe some of you have been disappointed. Maybe some of you are backslidden. Maybe some of you are not where you need to be in God. Maybe some of you put his will on the a, on a back burner. Maybe some of you say, oh, I'm not interested in, in getting involved in, in, in serving God anymore. I want to tell you, don't let the devil rob you out of your destiny. Don't let the devil deceive you about what purpose is in your life. Please, I want to encourage you today, online, wherever you are, I want you to live your best committed life now. Never mind what, what happened yesterday. Why don't you start afresh today? Come on, stop blaming the church. Stop blaming God and say, okay, God, I know I can't understand everything, but this moment you still believe in me. You're still giving me the message of reconciliation. You're still calling me to be ambassador. And whatever I can do from this moment on, I'm going to commit my life to make it priority. Of course, I'm going to look after my family. Of course, I'm going to work hard. But I'm going to make sure on my agenda that I am representing you because I've got to get some names in this book of life. And whatever we do, church, before Jesus returns, there are still names that we've got to get in this book. By the end of next year, we are getting some names that's not even written now and they will be in this book, the book of life, before the end of next year. We've got to get it, we've got to do it while there's still room, while Jesus is still tarrying. We have still a mission to do on purpose for a purpose. And as I come to close, let me tell you what our mission is as I come to close quickly. Luke 4 says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has set, set me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Jesus stood up in the, in the synagogue and he declared Isaiah over his own life and he said, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing and right now in this day, the Holy Spirit that anointed Jesus is the same Holy Spirit that's anointed us to preach good news to the poor. And for this church, that is our mandate that we've been anointed to preach good news, to set the captive free, to open the eyes of the blind and to declare the day of the Lord and His splendour for their lives. And to sum up what our vision is of our life, three simple ways I'm going to pray for you. Number one, devoted to God. Without devotion to God, we'll never do it. Put Him first in our lives. Secondly, de develop people to be teachable, to be willing to learn, to ask God to help us by the Holy Spirit to be more like Jesus, to do what we can. And thirdly, demonstrate kindness, that we can begin to show the love of God to people. Worship, discipleship, evangelism. That's all we need to fulfill the Great Commission 
that God has placed on our lives. Stand with me, please. Everything we do in this church is important. All our activities, all people's important. Pastoral care is important. Every age is important. But at the top of the list, church, everything that we do, everything that we do, our main goal is to get people into this book. That's it. All the other stuff has got to happen. But at the end of it, if we stand before God and we just said, oh, we were good, we looked after each other really well, but we never grew. We never told nobody about you. All we did was make sure everybody else was okay in the church. Everything we do, worship, welcome, buildings, giving our money, giving our talent, everything we do all comes together for one thing, to encourage the saints and reach the lost. And if we lose sight of that, we become ineffective. God has called us to be messengers. God has called us to be ambassadors. God has called us to get some of those names that we know not is not in here, in here. And maybe this morning and online, you know for certain that your name, if you stood before God and the books were opened and He'd looked for your name, you know in your heart right now that your name would not be there. Well, here's the good news. Right now, right now, this moment, online, in this building, you can pray and ask God to come into your heart and life and to forgive you of all your sins and immediately your name will be in this book. You'll be transformed from death to life. The old will go and the new has come and your journey will start with God. And you'll know for sure that your name is in the book of life. And I'm gonna pray a prayer, two things to close. One for those that today you can do that. You may have been in church for ages. You may have been around religion. You may be with the right people, but you know for certain that you know that you need Jesus as your personal Saviour. You know that you need to leave today knowing that your name now is in the book of life and that you will have no fear when that day comes. I want to tell you something. This is not arrogance, but I tell you 150%, when that day comes, when that book is open, I know my name is in there. Why? Because I've trusted in Jesus as my personal Saviour. And His blood paid the price for me. And my name is written in His blood. And no devil and no situation can take that out of that book. For God so loved the world, that whosoever shall believe in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Everyone in this building and those at home. And for some of you, you need to pray this prayer for people that's not saved yet by faith. We want their names in this book. 
Father, we thank You for every person in this place right now. Maybe you've been to a million services, or maybe your first time, but you know for sure that you are not in this book. Because the only way in it is not by attending church. The only way to get in it is to trust the person. And that person is Jesus. Because He's the only one that paid the price for you on the cross. And if you by faith would take His promises today, that if you believe in Him, you will not perish, but have everlasting life. Your name will be in this book. And all it takes is one sincere prayer to want Jesus in your life, to want the Saviour to be your provision for your sin. And if you will do that sincerely, a miracle will happen because the Holy Spirit will come and live in you and transform your life. Pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I thank You for Jesus. I thank You for the promise of eternal life. For those that will trust in Jesus and ask forgiveness of their sin and turn their life and trust in You. You will forgive me and give me the promise of eternal life. Lord Jesus, this morning I ask You to forgive me of all my sin, of all my wrong, of living my life my way without You. Ask You to cleanse me of all my sin. Thank You for dying for me and providing salvation and forgiveness for me. I receive forgiveness and I ask that the Holy Spirit, the promised Holy Spirit, will come and fill my heart right now in the Name of Jesus. And from this day, I give my life to You to be an ambassador with a message of good news. And I ask it in Jesus' Name. And all God's people said, Come on, let's thank God for those people that have said that today. If you've said that for the first time in this building, there's a resource packet info point, please take one. If you're online and you've said that, email us and we'll send it back to you. I know time's up now, but here's the final prayer. In our prayer meeting Monday, we're going to pray for all the people that doesn't know Jesus that you know. And we're going to write their names on some paper and we're going to, by faith, put them in the book of life. And we're going to believe for them. But this morning, I'm going to pray for you as a Christian. Where, where, where are you right now in your life? If you're lukewarm, if you're half-hearted, if you've lost hope, if you're not where you need to be in God, my prayer today is not to condemn you, but my prayer today is to get you back on the front line to get you back in love with God and to give your life to do His will. 
to be the best ambassador that you can possibly be. Because there's names that's attached to your life and ministry that only you can probably reach. And God wants to use you. People need you. So if you're in this place today or online and you say, God, I need fresh fire in my heart. In my own strength, I can't do it. But Lord, I I, I want, I want to be on fire for you. Then if that's you in this place, I'm going to pray a simple prayer and ask God to reignite your passion and your purpose for Him. Just lift up your hands with me. Those online. Father, we take authority, Lord, over every circumstances, over every demonic activity that has robbed your child, every frustration, every confusion, every disappointment. Lord, we take authority over those things today. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, would you put a fresh fire in your children? Would you, would you put fresh passion? Father, would you visit them afresh? Lord, would you let them see your purpose again? Father, I call out those people today. I speak over your life as ambassadors, as ministers, of people of purpose, of hope. Father, would you use them? Would you pour out your Spirit in the name of Jesus. And Father, as we come to a close today, Elam Church, Northampton. Lord, would you help us to reach people? Would you help us to equip the saints? And would you help us to be amazing ambassadors with the most amazing message? that the world needs and we ask it in Jesus' name. Let's give God praise.